Hey everybody, this is James Lindsay. You're listening to the New Discourses Podcast, and the time has come for us to start talking directly about the 17 Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations Agenda 2030. 17 goals to transform our world. Now, this is often billed as a conspiracy theory, and you can go to the search engine of your choice and type in United Nations Agenda 2030 or United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and you will find that it's all over their website. It's all over everything. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's all over the place. I just went to Philadelphia for the Moms for Liberty uh, National Summit that has got so much press, and lo and behold there, by the baggage claim in the airport are all the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and all of this, uh, all these posters and and, and displays set up to promote them. I ran into them at Chicago O'Hare Airport one time uh, not that long ago. These things are out and about. They're on a mural uh, in this, on the side of a building in the city of Houston. They're kind of all over the place. This is, go to the website. It's not a conspiracy theory, or if it is, it's the most open conspiracy, and that is an illusion for sure on purpose. It is the most open conspiracy in the history of the world. So what are these 17 sustainable development goals? I'm going to do a little bit of a series here because I'm going to actually go through the entire document published in 2015, which is 41 pages long. No way I'm going to do this in one episode. Um, I want to go through this entire document that is 41 pages long that was published in 2015, announcing the Agenda 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development from the United Nations. Before I start, though, I want to talk about something familiar. I want to frame this in a particular way that makes clear what's going on. So I'm going to read to you from the selected works of the CCP dictator Mao Zedong, Chairman Mao, where he gave a speech in 1957. I did an entire podcast here on the New Discourses podcast going through this speech, um, which is on the correct handling of contradictions among the people. So I encourage you to go check that podcast out um, to search for the ones on the New Discourses uh, platforms where I mentioned Mao. I think I used a Statue of Liberty with red smoke and communist symbology all around it for the cover, if I remember right. So here's what Mao said, and this is what I want to frame this as. Okay, so the democratic method, this is Mao in 1957. This democratic method of resolving contradictions among the people was epitomized in 1942 in the formula unity, criticism, unity. To elaborate, that means starting from the desire for unity, resolving contradictions through criticism or struggle, and arriving at a unity on a new basis. Now, I've done a lot of talking about this whole idea, and I can talk about this off the cuff quite a lot, but this, I contend, is what the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030 is all about. We're going to create the desire for unity in a new world. We're going to criticize and struggle contradictions against that vision for unity, and then we'll arrive at a unity on a new basis that will be called a sustainable and inclusive future. See, we just want to have a sustainable, inclusive future where everyone feels like they belong. That's a desire for unity. But we have these contradictions that we have to resolve. There are people who are racist. 
that's in the way of that. There are transphobes, there are homophobes, that's on the social side of things. But there are also people who want to drive their trucks or their cars. There are people who like to get goods that are shipped on container shipping. There are people who like to take commercial flights. All of that causes emissions. Uh, it's near the 4th of July here in the United States. So there are people who like to shoot fireworks to celebrate holidays. That creates emissions. There are farms. They create emissions. There are cows that we have to sacrifice to Gaia because they create emissions. And so those prevent the environmental aspects from coming to fruit. So we're going to criticize those things and struggle those things say that there are all kinds of problematic so that we can arrive at a unity, a new unity on a new basis, as Mao put it. And that will be the sustainable and inclusive future outlined by the 17 sustainable development goals of, United, of uh, Agenda 2030. What Mao does, I'm just going to read half of a paragraph here. Some of it's a little bit um, contextual to him, but he says, in our experience, this is the correct method of resolving contradictions among the people. In 1942, we used it to resolve contradictions inside the Communist Party, namely the contradictions between the dogmatists and the great majority of the membership, and between dogmatism and Marxism. The, quote, left dogmatists had resorted to the method of ruthless struggle and merciless blows in inter-party struggle. It was the wrong method in criticizing, quote, left dogmatism, we did not use this old method, but adopted a new one. That is one of starting from the desire for unity, distinguishing between right and wrong through criticism or struggle, and arriving at a, a new unity on a new basis. This was the method used in the rectification movement of 1942. Within a few years, by the time the Chinese Communist Party held its seventh national congress in 1945, Unity was achieved throughout the party as they anticipated, and consequently, the people's revolution triumphed. Here, the essential thing is to start from the desire for unity, for without this desire for unity, the struggle once begun is certain to throw things into confusion and get out of hand. And wouldn't this be the same as ruthless struggle and merciless blows? And what party unity would there be left? It was precisely this experience that led us to the formula, unity, criticism, unity. Or in other words, learn from past mistakes to avoid future ones and cure the sickness to save the patient. So that's how Mao frames this idea. And what you can hear is that he used it, he applied it on his own party to achieve party unity so that they would have the strength to be able to overcome it. That was in 1945. They launched a revolution in 1946, and they achieved power in 1949 uh, and began the CCP dictatorship that remains to this day. So this is the formula that Mao says transforms everything. You say, we're going to have unity, but we can only have it on some new basis that we don't have yet. And here are all you problematic people. We're going to criticize you and we're going to engage in struggle sessions, which is a form of psychological torture. I've done a couple podcasts on struggle sessions. You should listen to them on surviving a modern struggle session, for example, uh, is, is particularly deep into that. It is a form of psychological torture in which you try to get your, you, 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 produce psychological pressure for people to conform to the new basis, not just in the individual, but in their social circle around them so that their friends also pressure them to adopt the new basis. And it is 
psychologically very difficult because you don't have to stand up to your enemies, which is one thing. You also end up having to stand up to your friends who are saying, just be reasonable. This will all go away once we get the shots. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Just get it. We can have peace and unity again. And that, my friends, is exactly what they did to us. And this is exactly where it came from. And it can be in identity politics, from race to sex to gender to sexuality to every other thing. It can be in environmentalism. It can be in medical things. And they have deployed this on us over and over and over again in wave after wave after destructive wave. And the goal of all of it is to point to the sustainable development goals. We talk a lot about DEI. We realize that DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is actually just the implementation of the S in ESG, environmental, social, and governance. But what those point at is the sustainable development goals. The name of the monster that we have to fight to save the West is the sustainable development goals of the United Nations Agenda 2030, which are 17 goals to transform our world. Why 17? Because 17 is a magic number in cult numerology. 17 represents the uh, spiral of Theodorus from the Pythagorean cult way, way back before Plato and Socrates and the Greeks. And these, this cult, and it was a cult, Pythagoras, where we remember him for his, his theorem, which is relevant to the spiral, turns out to have been a total cult that believed in all this magic has to do with uh, numbers and um, lots of things we could talk about with that, but we won't. The spiral of Theodorus is if you go, say, from a point out a distance of one, then up a distance of one, and you create the Pythagorean triangle that has the length square root of two, your horizontal line, the hypotenuse has a length of square root of two. The uh, horizontal line has a length of one, which is the square root of one. The hypotenuse has a length of square root of two. Now, if you go off of that and create a right triangle at 45 degrees, and you drop the hypotenuse down to the center point again, what you get is a new triangle that has, by the Pythagorean theorem, a hypotenuse of the square root of three. And if you do that again, another right triangle, you get one with the square root of four. And if you do it again with the square root of five, and if you do it again with the square root of six, and what you actually end up drawing this way is what's called the spiral of Theodorus. You could draw this yourself if you wanted to. It's not that hard. It takes a little bit of patience. You, getting the 90 degree angles right would be tricky. But what you have is these segments that are one unit long over and over and over again. And when you get to the number 17, the 17th of these triangles, where the hypotenuse is the square root of 17, you will see that you are almost around the circle, but not quite. But if you went to 18, you would overlap with the inner, uh, with, the, with the first triangle on the inner ring. In other words, you've completed one turn of a spiral. Well, remember when I talked about how the dialectic is a spiral through history? Well, here we are. They believe that 17 represents a spiral through dialectical change. It's one turn of dialectical transformation. It's not likely to be a coincidence that there are 17 goals to transform our world. Now, they've issued a number of targets that we should hit. And again, I'm not a big believer in coincidences with these freaks because they love symbolism. And so, um, how many targets are there? Well, some of you heard my interview with Jordan Peterson, and he said, oh yeah, I helped write those. And originally, you think 17 is bad. There were originally like 170 of them. 
Well, he's talking about the targets, not the goals. And there were not 170 of them, which would be 10 each, which is a number that would kind of make sense. There are 169 of them. There's one short of 170. But magic numbers being what they are, 169 is 13 squared. 13 is the magical number from Persian mythology, from Zoroastrian religion and, and so on, of Mithra, who is the uh, God that has the power to move the wheel of law through the sky. And you guys can look up the Zoroastrian wheel of law if you want to and see what it looks like. But what it's talking about is the Big Dipper and the way that they point at the North Star at the points of the four seasons. So you can imagine, you know, four Big Dippers set off 90 degrees at each other, pointing down to a center point. So a center point up and then kind of off to the side. And there's four of them. You can maybe guess what the shape is. And that is that shape. And that is where that shape comes from. And that whole thing is, yes, Mithra. And so 13 is the magic number of Mithra. It's Mithra's number for a variety of reasons. And it represents power, the power to move the universe, as a matter of fact. And here it is squared in the 169 targets. But now you hear why we're going to have to break this up into multiple podcasts. There are 17 goals. That's a lot of them to transform our world. And there are 169 targets. So to go through all of that in one podcast would be preposterous and impossible unless you want to be here for days, which we do know is kind of my brand, but nevertheless. So what I want to do, there's a long preamble of 59 paragraphs leading up to the statement of the 17 Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations Agenda 2030, the SDGs, and then there is a long discussion of all 169 targets following that statement of the 17 goals. I'm going to start by reading to you the 17 goals in full, then I'm going to read to you the preamble, and we will come back and start to dissect the 17 goals themselves afterwards. Now, before I get into the 17 goals, it turns out that they are divided into a number of categories in a number of different ways, which makes it very complicated. For example, there are some diagrams out there that talk about what's called the Sustainable Development Goal or SDG Pyramid. And on the bottom, it has goals that are oriented toward people. And it looks like, if I'm counting very quickly, there are 10 that are oriented toward people. There are five that are oriented toward ecology that are on a higher level. There are two that are oriented toward spiritual, creating kind of a pyramid of 10, 5, 2 gives you 17. And the spiritual ones are the last two, 16 and 17. Um, I'm not going to go into what they are quite yet, just to point that these things exist. There's another one that's uh, also a sustainable development goal pyramid that breaks them up differently. There are four very big ones at the base uh, that are considered the biosphere. So actually we have to get the world right if we're going to get anything else right. Above that are eight for society, four for the economy, and one that is the binder, the spiritual one on the very top, which is number 17. So the biosphere goals have to do with the environment, things like life on land, life under the sea, clean water, climate action, society, uh, our societal goals, gender equality is one, zero hunger is one, quality education for all is one. There are lots of these. The economy is built on top of that. So if you get the biosphere right, you get the all that right, then you can move up and you can get society right, then you can move up and you can get the economy right, and then you can get Goal number 17 is kind of the magic one that is on the very top and the most spiritual one. It is partnerships for all the goals. So 
There are different ways that these are organized. I'm not going to obsess about this for the moment. We might come back to it in time. I think we'll organize subsequent podcasts according to this particular pyramid, as a matter of fact. And then there are a couple of bids. There are two different bids for a secret 18th sustainable development goal, sometimes called SDG plus one, proving that the 17 is really important because this is the first step into the new turn of the dialectical spiral to transform history. And it's next thing, the revolution of the spiral is perpetual, you all. It doesn't stop. It is perpetual change. So there will be more. And those are what are sometimes referred to. One of the bids for that, I should say, is is space, going into space and conquering space uh, under these same kinds of principles. The other is what are called the inner development goals. In other words, now you're going to transform not the world around you, but who you are inside. And their symbol takes the symbol uh, the, 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 the wheel of goals. I don't know if you've seen this eye of Sauron. I've stuck it on a ton of things for the 17 sustainable development goals. And it turns it into very obviously by adding some relief, uh, tapered relief on the inside and outside of the wheel. It turns it into what very much obviously looks like a snake eating its own tail, which is not that big of a surprise. And those are called the inner development goals. Um, I wouldn't pay that much attention to them, not quite sure how official they are, but they are somehow official because I just saw a document recently uh, from the EU adopting its commitment to the Sustainable Development Goals, and paragraph number 50 on that document explicitly mentions moving into the Inner Development Goals later, or SDG plus one. So they're, they're going to move into another domain of brainwashing on the back end of these. Now, speaking of brainwashing, I've already done some podcasts about the, the NEA Goes Sustainable is the title of it, where I point out that education at the K-12 through level, and then a whole series called The Strange Death of the University, where I read through a UNESCO document instead of a National Education Association Foundation document. Uh, but this UNESCO document says that higher education at all levels has to become committed by very soon. I would assume 2025 is the magic year for that, to... Their mission statements, every level, achieving the sustainable development goals of United Nations Agenda 2030. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a UNESCO initiative. President Biden put us back into the UNESCO uh, program. I just saw on Twitter um, major players congratulating us for getting back into UNESCO and how important UNESCO is. Of course, UNESCO not only generates these, uh, pushes these 17 sustainable development goals into education so that the purpose of education is brainwashing to understand and live in accordance with and achieve these goals, but also um, so that uh, these goals are brought into every facet of our lives. So UNESCO is the push behind that. He's, it's also the push behind comprehensive sexuality education, which I just recently exposed more fully and other people are exposing. But I did a podcast, Germer Schools 5, on comprehensive sexuality education. Guess where that comes from? Yeah, that's right. UNESCO. It created there in 2003. So Basically, all these bad things are coming from UNESCO, not a big surprise, um, but they are the arm of the United Nations. UNESCO stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization that is pushing the Sustainable Development Goal agenda onto our children through our schools relentlessly. Higher education is to be completely transformed in line with these goals by presumably a year or so from now at every level of higher education. And the K through 12 is already geared to start adopting curriculum to teach these goals as early as kindergarten and pre-K to children. So what are these sustainable development goals? Now, you're going to hear these are very aspirational. 
what is this, I should say, new unity on a new basis that we're supposed to aspire to in the words of Mao. We are supposed to aspire to a new unity to achieve and live by these goals. And everybody who doesn't will be criticized. Of course, we saw that in, in one of a previous podcast talking about social emotional learning, that one of the points of social emotional learning is to overcome in children the cognitive dissonance, anxiety, and stress that comes with turning their education into the sustainable development goal agenda. That was another UNESCO document that was very explicitly uh, the point. It was called um, it was called SEL, that's social emotional learning for SDGs. This is very serious. The goal is to teach all children to be programmed with it. That's what Klaus Schwab tells us. If you remember from the great narrative for about the future, he tells us in that that book that where he has three primary goals. One is to use the top-down power of the public-private partnerships to force ESG in accordance with the sustainable development goals into the corporate world, into the institutional world, into the, the nonprofit world. The second is to use education to transform the youth to only live according to that basis, to demand employers, not just employees, employers, to demand that the employers get in alignment with this agenda, to demand that as customers that they're the people who produce their goods and services also are in alignment with this. In other words, to create bottom-up pressure. And then the third one is the inside-out pressure to rewrite the social contract that it what it means to be a true good citizen, or in their language, a global citizen, is to accord yourself with the sustainable development goals, with a whole new set of social agreements. Now, in the book that was Education for Sustainable Development or something like this, um, I think it's something like that. I've talked about this in the past also. They openly say that they're not that concerned. What are the rights of a global citizen? Well, first of all, they say that global citizenship education, I think that's what it's called, global citizenship education, that global citizenship education is designed to create global citizens. But a global citizen is somebody who lives in accordance with the sustainable development goals of the United Nations Agenda 2030. This is extraordinarily straightforward what they're doing. This is the indoctrination program. As I said in a podcast two years ago, sustainability is the tyranny of the 21st century. This is the program to achieve it, okay? And what uh, what they said there is that they said, well, we're going to aim for global citizenship through global citizenship education. So what are the rights of a global citizen? And they answer a paragraph later. They don't immediately. They answer a paragraph later and they say, well, as far as the rights of a global citizen go, we're not actually that interested in rights of global citizenship. We're more interested in responsibilities and duties. In other words, you're a slave to this program, which will be enforced through social credit and the fact that it's ubiquitous and there'll be no getting around it. By the way, the woke probably will get crushed by this too. But we'll be living under permanent tyranny with no freedom. We'll have social credit systems like in China, just like Mao got rid of the overly zealous, quote, left because they were ruthless blows and whatever else. And they were too left where he wouldn't even call them the true left. And he had them uh, liquidated in some cases, literally. Um, the same problem will happen to the woke because this is to meant to be a sustainable regime for them. That's what sustainability really means. Not just a sustainable economy or a sustainable capitalism, but in fact, a sustainable regime that can't be deposed. So they don't need destabilizers like woke people, right? And that that's going to be how they do this. They're going to implement a strong social credit system in alignment with the sustainable development 
goals, which they get to arbitrarily decide how those are understood and enforced. Um, and they can be enforced pretty ruthlessly. So this is the future that we're staring at. And these are meant to be achieved by 2030, which is not that far away. So you, they're going to have the pedal to the metal. In fact, they do have the pedal to the metal to try to get them. All right. There's even more tangents I thought of, and I'm going to try to suppress them so I can get to the point here. What are the 17 sustainable development goals? And like I said, these are a little ambitious, um, which is to say they're fake, which is to say that they're excuses for tyranny. How do I know that they're fake? Well, I don't even have to get biblical to say why number one is wrong, but let's just read number one and see if you think this is realistic by 2030. Goal one, end poverty in all its forms everywhere. Goal two, end hunger, achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Okay, so I said I don't have to get biblical because Jesus said that the poor and the hungry will always be with you. Well, here we have in goals one and two that that's not going to be the case. We're going to end poverty in all its forms everywhere. That's not going to be realistic. So it's going to be an excuse for grabbing tons of power to redistribute wealth according to their designs. What it's going to be is another excuse to impoverish all of the world except for the technocratic elite, the stakeholders who are going to run this show for us as a kind of oligarchy, a technocratic oligarchy of experts who know how to run everything. You know how well they ran things like fully illegally and totally criminally through COVID? Yeah, like that. But for everything, not just public health. Then end hunger. Let's look at this one a little more closely. I'm not going to dwell on these because I want to read this 59 paragraph preamble. End hunger, achieve food security. That sounds good. I don't think we're going to end hunger, but achieve food security and improve nutrition. Okay, those sound pretty, those are things worth working on, certainly. Reducing poverty, certainly worth trying to do something about. But then there's a contradiction immediately. Achieve food security and promote sustainable agriculture. Well, we see what that looks like. It means no nitrogen fertilizers and things like that. It means people are going to starve, but you can't have a you can't have food security and sustainable agriculture, at least not under the present population. Something's not right there. Somehow they're going to cut back on, squash back on lots of agriculture to make it sustainable agriculture, but somehow achieve food security across all eight plus billion people on the planet. Something's not going to work. Something is going to give. Those are inherently in contradiction with one another. You can't have what they call sustainable agriculture and end hunger and achieve food security. That's just not going to happen. They're going to try to feed us synthetic foods and things, but something is going to have to give. That's fake. That's not a good sign. That's goal number two. In fact, when we look at the NEA program, that's the one they start teaching in kindergarten through manipulative techniques, like trying to get kids to imagine what it's like to be hungry, imagine how much they have to do to, you know, help the starving children around the world. Massive wealth redistribution is coming off of both of those, which will collapse economies and destroy people's lives and kill many people. Meanwhile, promoting sustainable agriculture, it sounds very much like something like what Mao was talking about in that same speech as he prepared in 1957 to launch the Great Leap Forward, not the Great Reset. That's our time. It was meant, what was the Great Reset for, by the way? To bring us to Agenda 2030. The Sustainable Development Goals is going to be the new model. We're going to reset to a sustainable model, right? So that's it. And so 
um, Mao was talking about the same thing. We have to get food production and steel production up to massive levels to prove that we're a modern industrial nation. 55 plus million people died, murdered and starved because it was an absolute failure to have what he considered what we would call in our, our day sustainable agriculture. In other words, centrally planned, ideologically driven agricultural programs to end hunger and achieve food security and improve nutrition all over the world. You can bet with all you have that this will kill billions of people if they commit to it in earnest, even as good as it sounds. Goal three, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. Now, I've covered in the past, that sounds wonderful. We do want healthy lives, blah, blah, blah. Look how good they're doing with their health care and the medical lysenkoism. That tells you what's really going on. I did a podcast specifically about the word all, for all. Well-being for all. First of all, we're not talking about health. We're talking about well-being, which is mostly a subjective replacement of health. Um, but for all. What woke people mean by the words for all means there are some for whom this doesn't apply who are oppressed. And so we have to jimmy the system to make sure it works for them, no matter how much it breaks along the way. In other words, it's massive redistribution. So ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages is a very concerning statement, even if it were something possible. How do you ensure healthy lives under the auspices of liberty? You do not. People who are free are free to make some bad choices. They're free to make mistakes. They are free to eat the incorrect foods that make them unhealthy. They are free to hurt themselves trying to do things. How do you have liberty and ensure healthy lives? You don't. And we saw what healthy lives look like. We're not going to go outside. We're not going to have vitamin D. We're not going to take care of our bodies. We're not going to exercise. We're going to stay home, hide from a virus, and take shots and destroy our social and emotional lives in the process. So I don't really trust these idiots to ensure healthy lives for us. And they're not very good at promoting well-being. But well-being is for all. So you know it's a redistribution of well-being, which means it's equity of well-being. And equity equalizes downward. So we'll all have equal well-being that's just less well. Like Herbert Marcuse said, we all have to adapt if we want a sustainable economy to less to having less to a lower standard of living. And I would contend that Herbert Marcuse's model from One Dimensional Man, particularly chapters two and nine of that book, as I covered in yet another podcast, lay out exactly that argument. So that's what we have with goal three. That looks bad. Goal four, ensure inclusive, uh-oh, <laughs> and equitable, uh-oh. And now listen to the cheek on this. Listen to the next word. Goal four, ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. There's a lot that we could unpack and should and need to unpack in, in, on this. There are some scary targets within goal number four. We're not doing that right now. But inclusive and equitable education and quality education are not compatible. As it turns out, their definitions of inclusive and equitable cannot produce quality. And we have exposed that repeatedly. I don't have to go into it again. But inclusive means that it's just like for all. If you have anybody complaining that it's not on the new standard, well, 
that's not inclusive. So the person creating the situation that's not according to the, the, news, the new basis is going to have to be criticized and struggled, which means it's actually the person's not going to learn. That person's going to get bullied and brainwashed. That's what inclusive education is, equitable education. That means like what they do to get equity. Then like not grading people, getting rid of grades, you know, getting rid of standardized tests. It just drags everything down. It's the idea that everybody's going to get roughly the same because that's what equity means. Equitable quality education is an oxymoron. Equitable means adjusting shares so citizens are made equal. So adjusting educational shares so that citizens are made equal, guess what that's going to amount to? dragging everything down to the lowest common denominator and worse, which because it's it's a race to the bottom. That's what it is. And so the lowest common denominator will get lower. And to promote lifelong learning opportunities for all, there's that for all again. So key in on that. Of course, that means massive redistribution. Every time you see woke people say for all, that means they're going to redistribute to who they think are the deserving victims of oppression. When Klaus Schwab says we're rewriting the social contract, what does he say we're doing? We're going to move it from an economy of caring and share, or sorry, an economy of production and consumption to an economy of caring and sharing. In other words, redistribution. So when you hear for all, that's what it means. But lifelong learning sounds good, right? We all want to be lifelong learners. That's a huge woke talking point because what it really means is lifelong brainwash victims. They've got to keep indoctrinating us from the moment we're conceived in the womb they even talk about before birth until the moment we die. We are constantly learning to be a part of their stupid cult that's going to kill people. This is a death cult, by the way. We already heard proof that it's going to be a death cult. It's not hard to see that. But ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all is goal number four. So Sustainable Development Goal 4 is the education nightmare that we're dealing with with our kids. That's the justification for all of it. Goal 5. Get ready for this one. Achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Now, normally you wouldn't blink too much about this, except you'd roll your eyes at this point about gender equality. You got to think a little globally. There are some places where that's not working out so good. But then we come to that phrase, all women and girls, right? So you're thinking, oh, you know, like the ones in Saudi Arabia, right? That's not just Western women and girls. But what about trans women? Trans women are women, all women and girls. Oh, crap, right? And so you really have to pay attention to the way that these people talk. Achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls is goal five. What about the men? Well, that's to be expected. It's just taken for granted. This is the way the communists always think. Whoever's in the bourgeois category about anything, this is the justification for the for all thing. The bourgeois category is taken care of by default. It cannot suffer. It cannot be oppressed by definition. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to pay attention to it. It's automatically good. So you have to go to the class that they consider oppressed and patronize them and elevate them. So goal five is an enshrinement of that across what should be sex, but it's going to be not sex. Sex isn't mentioned at all. Gender is. Gender equality and empower all women and girls. Well, trans women are women. So there you go. There's goal five. Goal six, ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. 
well, that sounds, you're thinking again of Africa or somewhere in, you know, Indonesia. Things are not going good. They don't have clean water. You're thinking that's important. Yep, that's true. And that's the good thing. So communism always marries truth to a lie. Start getting that in your head. Let me say it again. Communism always marries truth to a lie. More broadly, dialectical leftism marries truth to a lie. It always marries something true. Yes, there are people in the world who do not have clean water and water security and sanitation to a lie. Because what is this actually going to be? What does sustainable management of water and sanitation mean? And for who? For all. Yet again, for all. So all of your environmental justice initiatives dealing with water allocation and use. Boom. They're all in under goal six. It doesn't sound as good anymore, does it? Climate change or climate justice models that talk about water and sanitation and water availability and management. Oh, this is an excuse for them to manage the water under their ideological programs. You can see a lot of the things they do with the water to mismanage water, say, in the state of California, which is already pointed very strongly in this direction. It's an excuse to control the water and control the people who need access to the water because it has to be sustainable, which means it's going to be tyrannical and not going to work for most people, but it has to be equitable for all. It doesn't say equitable here. It says sustainable management, ensure availability is going to be equity, equal access, right? Is that they lie and say equity means in sustainable management. That's tyranny is what that is. That's starvation is in this case, people are not having water because we have to make sure that it's available for all. So they create justifications. Well, sorry, Las Vegas, you know, largely too many white people there can't redirect water to you in the middle of the desert because somebody downstream needs it instead. For all means for all. So if you don't have enough water to function in your city, that's too bad. You'll have to fix that. We'll come up with a solution for the crisis that they've manufactured. That's what they're talking about. Sounds okay. Isn't okay. Is not good. Tyrannical control uh, and using um, the claim of vulnerable people and marginalized groups and so on uh, to use to, to initiate environmental justice and climate justice and all this nonsense to do tyrannical control over your water access. Goal seven, ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. There's the for all again. So just we already covered that. What it's going to mean is that means brownouts because affordable. Okay, that'd be great. Reliable, sustainable energy is an oxymoron. Reliable, sustainable energy is an oxymoron. If they wanted actual sustainable I don't know what they mean. We do know what they mean by sustainable. Sustainable means they have to say, well, emissions are not sustainable. That's bad. So we have to cut emissions for whatever magical reasons because it disrupts their plans. Nuclear energy isn't sustainable. But if we wanted reliable energy, we're going to be using fossil fuels and we're going to be using uh, nuclear and we're going to be using a lot of both because that's what reliable modern energy looks like. And it does reach more and more and more people. So it comes as close as possible to reaching for all in the way that you think it would mean. But for all means justifying redistribution. So it means in this case, brownouts. Reliable, sustainable, modern energy is a lie because their definition of sustainable means wind and solar. You remember the episode I did about the, the UK fires document, absolute zero in the Western Holodomor is what I called that. They want to put us in massive energy debt, massive energy uh, scarcity. And they'll use that to control us. So they're going to ensure access 
for all. So it justifies not having enough and having to do re uh, con uh, manipulative and controlling redistribution schemes. Reliable, sustainable, and affordable modern energy does not exist outside of fossil fuels and nuclear energy. It does not exist. So on their trajectory, under their definition of sustainable, this is not possible. Goal eight, promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. So full and productive employment and decent work for all. How do you think that's going to work? How do you think that's going to work? For all means redistribution every single time. So decent work, that's subjective. They're going to decide what's decent and who gets to have decent jobs and who doesn't get to have decent jobs. I'll tell you how this works, having been to China. The people that they uh, that are loyal enough and that are smart enough get to have decent jobs, and everybody else is... Uh, the, the Chinese term for this in Mandarin is ku li, means bitter work, bitter worker, K-U-L-I in pinyin. Uh, sounds like a racial slur that got adapted from it. Um, and those people do not have decent work or productive employment, frankly, although they work themselves to the bone 28 days on, one day off, 12-hour days, paid barely enough to eat. Um, it's a wonderful life, really. And the, this is supposed to promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth. So goal eight is sustainable capitalism. It is the model that I've warned about in podcast after podcast, essay after essay. When I say that sustainability is a tyranny of the future, when I talk about this, the, um, the dialectic between socialism and capitalism initiated by Marcuse and realized through Deng Xiaoping and coming into the modern era under the ESG tyranny, that's what that means. What it means is, like when Larry Fink says that markets like totalitarian governments, it means they get absolute control to make sure that the uh, the economic model continues to grow according to their dictates under perfectly programmable economic and political units called you through the algorithms, through the social emotional learning, through the brainwashing, through whatever else, through nudge theory, all these different uh, psychological manipulation tools through ESG compliance and social credit. Well, your social, if the economy isn't growing in a sustained and sustainable way, well, you're going to have to nudge you to buy more or buy less, and your social credit score will depend on doing the right thing. Oh, no, such and such corporation that's a darling of the government isn't doing so well, and maybe it's because they make a crap product, but everybody needs to go buy it or they lose social credit score, right? You see how that kind of could work? Inclusive. Well, they always say the economy isn't inclusive enough. Well, in other words, it's not communist. So that, that's what that means. So goal eight. There you go. Goal nine, build resilient infrastructure. Promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization and foster innovation. So again, with inclusive and sustainable, those words appear in virtually all the goals. Inclusive and sustainable, inclusive and sustainable. That's the new basis, the new unity on a new basis. Everything's going to be geared toward whatever they call inclusive and sustainable, which they will define through their social credit mechanisms however they need to. Um, resilient infrastructure. That's the big thing off of COVID. Oh, look at the infrastructure shock we had. Our supply chains got shut down. Everything got disrupted. It wasn't resilient. In other words, we need global cooperation headed up through our organization, conveniently enough. The United Nations needs to be a central planning commission to make sure that our infrastructure is built to be resilient on their terms. By the way, that R word, resilient, is a big word for them. It's a big danger red flag word. Pay attention when you see it. So build resilient infrastructure. 
that sounds like they get to be in control of all uh, all, all building, um, all, all infrastructure layouts. And, you know, why did our supply chains collapse? Oh, yeah, because they made us fucking close everything, isn't it? It's because they broke it, isn't it? Isn't it? They broke it. And they said, oh, no, it's a broken. What do we do? I know. Give us more fucking power. Hate these people. So now we have to have build inf- resilient infrastructure as one of their goals that they're going to control so that we can have we can have inclusive and sustainable industrialization, which means not enough of it. It's going to look like a crap. Uh, it means what it looks like is crazy rich Asians is what it looks like. It looks like a handful of handpicked loyal people being allowed to promote themselves to crazy rich status. Uh, that's sustainable and inclusive industrialization. Goal 10. This one's communism, guys. It's just communism. It's just communism. Let me say it again. Sustainable development goal 10 is communism. I should just say goal 10, communism. Not even read the words. Let me say it again. Goal 10 is communism. Sustainable development goal number 10 is communism. How do I know that? Well, let's read it for real. Goal 10, reduce inequality within and among countries. So I misspoke. Goal 10 is global communism. Reduce inequality within and among countries. Well, how are you going to do that, Klaus Schwab? How are you going to do that, Bill Gates, on your private jets and your super yachts? How are you going to do that? I know. Communism. Massive redistribution within and among countries. Goal 11. Make cities and human settlements inclusive. Isn't that word just pissing you off at this point? Make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, Brother, that word, resilient, there it is again, and sustainable. In other words, smart cities. In other words, smart cities. What's a not sustainable settlement according to them? Well, farms, rural, uh, you know, towns, things like that. Those aren't sustainable. Are they inclusive? Oh, no, no, no. Population's not big enough. They're going to have to be mega cities that we're all herded into. Those are inclusive and sustainable Ways of life, apparently. Not farming, not sustainable. Um, Independent farmers, not sustainable. Big giant corporate farms owned by Bill Gates with all of his farmland, sustainable. And they have to be safe. Do our cities that they control right now seem safe? No, they are not safe. They are absolutely not safe. They're also not very inclusive, to be honest with you. And I'm not completely sure that they're all that resilient. But are they safe? No, they're not safe. Safe means safe for the agenda. It doesn't mean safe for you. It means safe for the agenda and the people pushing it. So when Moms for Liberty goes, say, to Philadelphia and has a perfectly peaceful and wonderful and fun and lovely conference, what did they scream? What did these flown in and bust in and paid protesters outside scream at us while we were there? You're not safe You're not safe. It's not safe to have you here. Bullshit. Safe means safe for the regime and its programs, and that's what it means. It means nothing else. What did they scream at us? What did they say on social media afterwards, citing their stupid, fake, astroturfed protest as the the justification? Philadelphia didn't want you here. You were not welcome in Philadelphia. Bullshit. I walked around the city myself. I talked to dozens of people. Everybody was, A, happy to see me. Be perfectly friendly. See, when they heard about the Monster Liberty, largely on side, kind of excited that it was happening, sort of disgusted by the protesters. I didn't have a single interaction where somebody was like against it. The city loved us. We loved the city. The city 
was totally inclusive to us and safe as far as it goes, given they have a Soros DA and we didn't go out at night because of crime, which is a big problem in Philadelphia. But they staged an AstroTurf protest and said, Philadelphia doesn't welcome you. You are not welcome here. Philadelphia showed, no, you were from Seattle and you were from Portland and you were from California and Minnesota and all kinds of fake places. And a few of you were from Pennsylvania. Some of you came down from New York. Fake, 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 fake to say this city isn't inclusive and safe with you here. That's what they wanted to say. That's the message they tried to gin up out of literally the ground, totally in opposition to every possible feature of reality in order to shut Moms for Liberty and their their summit down. So make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable for the regime and its operatives only is what that means. Goal 12, ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. That's where we come back to, to Papa Klaus. We are going to rewrite the social contract and uh, we will move from the, the, the economy of uh, production and uh, consumption into a new economy of sharing and caring. We will have a new unity on a new basis. For a minute, you probably thought you were actually listening to Klaus there because I was nailing that at first. Ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. We're going to move away from an economy of production and consumption because that would be sustainable. We need sustainable capitalism, aka productive socialism. Going to move away from production and consumption into sharing and caring. Communism, in other words, on their terms. The stakeholders who run the SDGs in the Western commune will tell us what sharing and caring looks like, what consumption and production patterns count as sustainable and which ones are not sustainable. You know, like in the UK Fires document where it says eating beef and lamb, not sustainable, not going to do it. Eating anything that has to be shipped by anything other than light rail, not sustainable. Container shipping, not sustainable. Airplanes, not sustainable. So if it has to be flown in, not sustainable. If it has to come from overseas on a container ship, not sustainable. Heavy rail, not sustainable. So if it had to come from far away, not sustainable. People are going to starve. London cannot feed itself. London cannot feed itself. Think about these things. That's what this is about, goal number 12. Goal number 13. Now, remember what I said about 13 being the magic number of Mithra and power? Remember what I said about that? Magic number, Mithra's magic number of power is goal 13. So it's the one of the power to move the universe through its direction, through the wheel of law, through the direction it's supposed to move. Okay. It's the only one with an asterisk by it, by the way. Goal 13. Can you guess what it is? Can you guess what it is? Where is the locus of all of their power to move everything? Goal 13. Take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. Star. Acknowledging that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change is the primary international intergovernmental forum for negotiating global response to climate change. In other words, goal 13 is empower the United Nations and its subsidiaries to be a tyrannical global government entity that will be able to control everything on the excuse of combating climate change and its impacts. And that action has to be urgent between now and 2030. This is their power goal. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And once again, it's the only one with an asterisk. 
take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts, where the asterisk reads, acknowledging that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change is the primary international intergovernmental forum for negotiating the global response to climate change. So goal 13 is use climate change as an excuse to hand over all the power to the United Nations. And that's exactly what they're talking about doing. I was just sent an article this morning by the, from The Federalist talking about how in September 2024, which is in line with achieving these agendas by 2030, the United Nations is supposed to set up a program by which it can declare crisis shocks over all 193 member nations. The Biden administration is helping this be implemented so the United Nations can declare a state of emergency or a crisis uh, a state of crisis or a crisis shock state that can override any national laws. It can, it can declare a state of emergency in other countries. That totally obliterates national sovereignty and hands that power over to the United Nations, which has these agendas to use climate change as an excuse to do whatever it wants or pandemics or whatever else. They could say in 24, September 24, declare that there's a crisis shock plaguing the United States, and then we have to suspend elections in November. The timing is very curious. This is a really freaking concerning agenda that they're pushing. This is a really, really concerning issue. Climate change is one of the things they think is, or they don't think, they say is a crisis, so they can justify stealing power whenever they need to. Goal 13, Mithra's number. Take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts through handing over national sovereignty to the United Nations. That's the star. Goal 14, conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. So there's a lot again here. I'm not actually going to get to read this whole preamble in this episode. I'll read the beginning part of it, I guess. There's a lot of concerning things and a lot of boring things in that. Maybe this will just do the 17, and I'll come back to the preamble later. Okay. Conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. What do you think that means? That means they get to have decision-making control over how those things are used. What? The oceans, seas, and marine resources. They get to make all the decisions as in the stakeholder council of experts. Who knows what the implications of that would be? Tremendous, of course. But most importantly is how it's worded. The last three words. Let me read it again, and I want you to pay attention to the way the last three words appear. Conserve and sustainably use the ocean, seas, and marine resources. For what purpose? So we're going to do stuff with marine resources for sustainable development. In other words, we're going to repurpose all of the oceans, the seas, and marine resources to achieve sustainable development. So we've got to be careful about what we put on the ocean and the diesel and all this. No container shipping. Maybe we have to worry about uh, pollution from, say, offshore oil rigs. Well, we can't have any of those. We've got to worry about nuclear contamination from the Fukuyama reactor in Japan. So what are we going to do? Well, we can't have any more nuclear reactors because we've got to have sustainable development for the oceans. All these things are just excuses for power. Oh, the ocean. We've got to, we've got, we the experts need all the power in order to do this. Yet again. Well, when you see life under the sea, you think, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, we want to conserve life under the sea. That's a good environmental goal. No, it's an excuse for them to seize massive amounts of power over everything in the world. Goal 15 is similar. 
That's life on land is the little slogan for it. Goal 15, protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems, sustainably manage forests, combat desertification, and halt and reverse land degradation and halt biodiversity loss. In other words, every single possible environmental initiative that they can use to crowd people out like farmers, developers, industrialists, industries themselves on the basis of that we have to guard ecosystems or whatever, forests, land degradation, biodiversity, which these things will be very, very vague. We know that many of their initiatives about like spotted owls and other things we all care about to some degree were actually uh, ruses that they use to elbow out farmers and ranchers and other things in various areas and take over their land. Um, expect that on a global scale under goal 15. And all of it will be just like with the oceans, just like with all the other goals put under sustainable use, which means what does sustainable use mean? It means the stakeholders at Davos and at the United Nations get to decide what the hell happens. It means you don't get to decide what happens on land that you live on or near. It means Geneva gets to decide what happens on land you live on or near. It means you don't get to decide what happens with waterways. Geneva gets to decide. It means you don't get to decide what happens with food. Geneva gets to decide. Did you elect anybody to go to Geneva? No, you're a stupid deplorable. You would have to be struggled. You're not allowed to do that. You don't want unity on a new basis. This is what I'm saying. Land and water resources seem like they're not that big of a deal. Turns out they're a very big deal. Goal 16. Now remember, these were the ones that got categorized as spiritual. Goal 16. Promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development. Provide access to justice for all and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. Ooh, there's a lot going on there. That's not actually spiritual. That is institutional. That is institutionalize all of this. That is not nationalized. It is in global institutionalized. Luckily, there's conveniently a national, international institution called the United Nations that could head all this stuff up. So peaceful and inclusive societies. Well, there's your inclusive, right? So there, what are you going to do with your borders? Well, you got to have an inclusive society. What are you going to do with uh, anything you want to agitate for? Call it racist or transphobic because it's not inclusive enough. Same tactics. Call everything you want to control racist until you control it. Call everything you want to control transphobic until you control it. Critically denounce everything you want to control until you control it. And then... You'll have unity on a new basis. It's unity, criticism, unity, just like Mao said. Promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development. Oh, there's that again. So we're not going to promote peaceful and inclusive societies in and of themselves. They have a purpose. They have a telos. There's a, there's a meaning to peaceful and inclusive societies. They exist to achieve sustainable development. So in other words, all of our societies are going to have to be retooled to be engines of achieving the sustainable development agenda. Oh, perfect tyranny. What else does it say? Provide access to justice for all. Mercy, do we have to do this again? Isn't that what we just went through? Didn't we understand that justice has been replaced by social justice and that social justice is not justice at all or it wouldn't need the modifier? Social justice is about group rights, which necessarily means running over and abrogating individual rights, right? Justice for all was Black Lives Matter. It was no justice, no peace, which we slowly figured out wasn't 
a statement, or an ask. It was a threat. There will be no peace until you give us what we call justice. It is the excuse to do more and more of that. Trans rights are human rights. That falls under this. Provide access to justice for all. For all. So the most marginalized communities that scream that they can't possibly have justice, and you'll notice no matter what you give them, no matter how many demands you meet, they don't have justice yet. Because justice is a code word that means communism. Fully realized communism. What did uh, Marx call it? It is uh, communism as the uh, transcendence of private property is human self-estrangement. That was in the economic philosophic manuscripts. That's what justice means. That's when we have justice. Who said so? Well, Marx said so. Who else said so? Stalin said so. And who else said so? Mao said so. So this is what we're actually looking for. Access to justice for all means more woke tyranny. Climate justice health equity, health justice we could go to, social justice, racial justice, trans justice, and it goes on and on. And build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. Hmm, what does that sound like? That's a dictatorship, baby. Effective at what? Sustainable development. Accountable to whom? The stakeholder council, the Soviet. And inclusive, according to people who are in on the new unity on a new basis. That's what that's about. And it will be at all levels. Individual, family, local, state, federal, regional, and international, global. Build effective and accountable, inclusive institutions at all levels. Build out the commissars. Not the commissar, the, the common turn. Build out the International Communist Party, if we take this as communism. Effective, accountable to whom the stakeholders, effective in implementing the sustainable development goals, and inclusive of the people who are already unified on the new basis at all levels. Now, goal 17 is the one that's unambiguously considered spiritual. Strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like what you want to be involved in? rated as spiritual. It is also partnership for the goals is the short phrasing of it. It is five circles arranged overlapping one another in a circle, whereas Hegel put it a circle of circles, the different domains. I don't know why there are five. I'm sure it's some friggin' magic number. Somebody can look into that. Goal 17, strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. In other words, make sure everybody's on board with the with the tyranny and strengthen all of the means of implementation, social emotional learning, brainwashing and under education for all, making sure everybody's on board, social credit systems, strengthen the means of implementation open-endedly so that we can have sustainable development for everybody. Like I said, there is an 18th uh there's an 18th goal which is SDG plus one, which is, um, I don't have the actual graphic in front of me, but it, it, the little placard is that it is a, um, sorry, I lost my place. I'm looking for my document again. Uh, it is a image of a little person with arrows pointing into their head, and it's bringing the goals internally into the mind. And those are under the branding of the inner development goals. So this is the United Nations Agenda 2030. This is from, I just read through the 17 goals so far in this episode. I'm going to read a little bit of the preamble. 
This is the official United Nations document. It's got the United Nations letterhead at the top. The first thing it says in giant bold letters is transforming our world. Then it has the wheel of doom, the 17 little colored placards in a circle. And then it says the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development of the United Nations. You can see it at sustainabledevelopment.un.org. And like I said, there's quite a lot of paragraphs here um, in terms of what it's all about. Um, I'll read the preamble. Transforming our world, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development preamble. This agenda, capital, so proper noun, this agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace in larger freedom. Huh. Listen to that. Universal peace in larger freedom. Let's see if I can find this where uh, where um, Mao talks about that. Um, he says, within the ranks of the people, democracy is correlative with centralism and freedom with discipline. This is Mao Zedong in 1957. They are the two opposites of a single entity, contradictory as well as united. And we should not one-sidedly emphasize one to the exclusion of the other. Within the ranks of the people, we cannot do without freedom, nor can we do without discipline. We cannot do without democracy, nor can we do without centralism. This unity of democracy and centralism, of freedom and discipline, constitutes our democratic centralism. Under this system, the people enjoy broad democracy and freedom, but at the same time, they have to keep within the bounds of socialist discipline. All this is well understood by the masses. That's Mao. That's Mao, right? And so now we come back to the sustainable development goals. It seeks to strengthen universal peace and larger freedom. We recognize, they say, that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, ex including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. It's frankly, in my opinion, indispensable because it's a massive justification for relentless and tyrannical wealth redistribution. It doesn't address the causes of poverty at all. It just seeks to end poverty within seven years all over the entire planet. Now, we all know that the best way to end poverty does not universally end poverty because people are pretty varied, but it is to actually provide them with liberty and allow them to pursue their dreams and allow them to pursue their, uh, their own prosperity um, by securing property rights, which this instead would uh, take from them. All countries and all stakeholders acting in collaborative partnership will implement this plan. Hear that? So all countries are going to implement this, but all stakeholders acting in a collaborative partnership will implement this plan. Who are the stakeholders? Well, that's a funny, tricky word. They'll tell you that you are a stakeholder because you hold a stake in the outcome, but you're not a stakeholder because unless you're included in their inclusive and sustainable program, unless you're an expert in sustainability and inclusion, unless you're one of them, one of the Gnostics, you are too dumb to advocate for your own interests. You will vote against your own interests. You will act against your own interests. You will act in short-term uh, gain for yourself, not paying attention to sustainability. You will act for yourself and not be inclusive. So you're a stakeholder, but the people that they call stakeholders are representatives who have the bigger picture. 
They are the inner circle of this cult. That's who the stakeholders are. Nobody else. Not the inner school, meaning the adepts, not the initiates in the outer school. Only the inner circle, basically only the people who went to the island, are going to act in collaborative partnership, in other words, oligarchy, to implement this plan. We are resolved to free the human race from the tyranny of poverty, sounds like Karl Marx, and want and, uh, sorry, tyranny of poverty and want, sounds like Karl Marx. We are resolved to free the human race from the tyranny of poverty and want and to heal and secure our planet. Well, that's exactly what Marx said this, his program was about, those two things. We are determined to take the bold and transformative steps which are urgently needed to shift the world onto a sustainable and resilient path. They get to define sustainable and resilient. Transformative is their magic. It's their alchemy. We're not going to have the world as it is. We're going to transform it into its idealization, into what is not. We're going to incorporate elements of what is not into what is, which turns out to always end in calamity. Why? Because we have an urgent need to shift the world onto a sustainable and resilient path. In other words, under their control. As we embark on this collective journey, we pledge that no one will be left behind. Collective journey in which no one will be left behind? Okay, Karl Marx. The 17 Sustainable Development Goals and 169 targets which we are announcing today demonstrate the scale and ambition of this new universal agenda. So it's a new universal agenda. Did you vote for it? You didn't. Did you give? Did, did you sign up for it with your consent? You didn't. Is it going to massively impact your life? Oh, yeah. Did you agree to it at any point? You didn't. They decided they were going to do it, and you have to go along with it. You have no representation in this whatsoever. In other words, it is tyranny. It is tyranny. They seek to build on the Millennium Development Goals and complete what they did not achieve. See, they tried this before with eight goals. We don't have to get into that. Didn't work. So they expanded to 17 goals. They seek to realize the human rights of all. Oh, really? Human rights. Not individual rights anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Human rights of all. Human rights is one of those things. We're going to have to come back to that at some point. The, you know, the Declar Universal Declaration of Human Rights from the, the, the United Nations. You read through them. You can tell there's something off. It's hard to tell what it is. It's a really tricky little document because it sounds great, but it's talking about human rights. It never talks about individual rights. It never, ever, ever talks about individual rights. We only have rights in light of us being human. So what if we saw it as Marx saw humans? Humans are actually a collective under what's called a what really should be described as being species being. We are individuals who live for the species. In other words, we're a dialectical synthesis of individual and collective if we see human rights that way and we read it that way, it's something different. Well, they seek to realize the collective species being rights of all. Hmm, that's different. Because if it's human rights of all, they get to trample on individual rights of individuals in order to achieve so-called human rights of all. It doesn't mean rights that are inalienable to you because you are human, which is what it sounds like. I guess it could mean that if you wanted it to, and then you would advocate for the wrong thing and become a useful idiot for them. But it means something different. 
They seek to realize the human rights of all, even the least of these. No one will be left behind. No child left behind for uh, W, uh, George W. Bush. No people left behind from the Sustainable Development Goals. They seek to realize the human rights of all and to achieve gender equality, not sex, and the empowerment of all women and girls. They took a special point to mention SDG 5 right there without naming that they did so. They are integrated and indivisible and balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, the economic, social, and environmental. They didn't mention the spiritual one. The goals and targets will stimulate action over the next 15 years in areas of critical importance for humanity and the planet. Remember, this was published in 2015. That was about eight years ago. They've got seven years left. So doing the math, we're about halfway through this 15-year project. Let's pause and reflect. How's it going? How's it fucking going? Is it going good? It's not going good. Everything they do makes everything they touch worse. It's not going well. It's utterly destructive. It's ruining people's lives. We've got seven more years of this, unless we make them stop. People. We are determined to end poverty and hunger in all their forms and dimensions and to ensure that all human beings can fulfill their potential in dignity and equality and in a healthy environment. Those are the people-based goals. Don't those sound great? Planet. We are determined to protect the planet from degradation, including through sustainable consumption and production, sustainably managing its national, natural resources, and taking urgent action on climate change so that it can support the needs of the present and future generations. In other words, they get to control everything. They get to control everything. We're going to redistribute everything, and they get to control everything. That's people and planet. Prosperity. We are determined to ensure that all human beings can enjoy prosperous and fulfilling lives and that economic, social, and technological progress occurs in harmony with nature. That's a strange one. Um, at the end there. But we're going, I want to go back to people. To ensure that all human beings can fulfill their potential in dignity and equality in a healthy environment. Um, what is their potential? What is human potential? Is it to actually live out our individual lives at the highest level of prosperity that we can with one another in communities that are voluntary at their basis and we have our rights protected by our government and you know we consent to that and we keep them in check? Or is it to do as Marx said and to achieve the positive transcendence of private properties, human self-estrangement? Naturalism equals humanism and humanism that equals naturalism. Is that what it is? Is it to realize that we are actually social man, a species being that lives for one another and whose inorganic body is the earth? Nature, as Marx put it. Is that what it is? Because that's what it sounds like it is. Peace. We are determined to foster peaceful, just, and inclusive societies. Alarm bells. Beep, beep, beep. Peaceful. Mm, probably fine. Maybe fine. We'll see how that works. Just. Uh-oh, we know they're not good at that word. Inclusive, we already know what that means, so this is not a good sign. This thing's a huge red flag. We're determined to foster peaceful, just, and inclusive societies which are free from fear and violence. Well, you're going to be free from fear and violence? That's pretty big. Good luck with that. There can be no sustainable development without peace and no peace without sustainable development. Oh, look, it's exactly the thing. No justice, no peace. No sustainable development, no peace. You hear that? 
Hear that world? It's a threat. There can be no sustainable development without peace and no peace without sustainable development. There will be no peace without sustainable development. Do you understand? Same threat. No justice, no peace. I mentioned it earlier. No justice, no peace was not them saying that we can't have peace without justice. It was saying, until you give us what we want, there will be no peace. Same thing here. If you don't give us what we call sustainable development, which is complete control, which looks very Marxist in a lot of ways, there will be no peace. They will agitate. They will, as Klaus Schwab put it, prepare for an angrier world. They'll make the world angrier. They'll make angrier. They'll make division. They'll make people hate each other. They'll make us fight with each other instead of with them. Because there will be no peace without sustainable development. And if we don't go along, well, shit, maybe they need to unify by starting a war or two or threatening a nuclear war or World War III. Partnership. We are determined to mobilize the means required to implement this agenda through a revitalized global partnership for sustainable development. No, a global partnership. A global government is how you're going to manage that partnership. Based on a spirit of strengthened global solidarity, focused in particular on the needs of the poorest and the most vulnerable, we know how they manipulate that, and with the participation of all countries, all stakeholders, and all people. Well, we already talked about, first of all, all countries are going to have to participate. Like, they don't really have a choice. Did you vote for this? No, but you got to participate anyway because your country said so. All stakeholders. We already talked about stakeholders. You're not one. They say you're one so that you feel good and included, but you're not one because you're not of the uh, Gnostic elect that gets to be in the stakeholder council. So you don't really get to make any decisions. Your betters will make those decisions for you. And all people. Well, there's a lot of things we could say about that. We already heard that they're going to prioritize so-called the most vulnerable. But we also know, for example, in the same document I'm reading from Mao, that some people aren't people. Mao's very clear about that right from the very beginning. Some people are not people. They're enemies. They are not people. That's very different. You see, he says, to understand these two types of contradictions correctly, we must first be clear on what is meant by, quote, the people, and what is meant by, quote, the enemy. The concept of the people varies in content in different countries and in different periods in history in a given country. Take our own country, for example. During the War of Resistance against Japan, all those classes, strata, and social groups opposing Japanese aggression came within the category of the people, while the Japanese imperialists, their Chinese collaborators, and pro-Japanese elements were all enemies of the people. During the War of Liberation, the U.S. imperialists and their running dogs, the bureaucrat capitalists, the landlords, and the Guomintang reactionaries who represented these two classes were the enemies of the people, while the other classes, strata, and social groups which opposed them all came within the category of the people. At the present stage, the period of building socialism, the classes, strata, and social groups which favor, support, and work for the cause of socialist construction all come within the category of the people. While the social forces and groups which resist the socialist revolution and are hostile to or sabotage, so, sabotage socialist construction are all enemies of the people. So does that what the people mean? Is that we have to ask because the parallels are too damn close. So let's reread that with sustainable development agenda in place of it. At the present stage, the period of building a sustainable and inclusive future, the classes, strata, and social groups which favor, support, and work for the cause of sustainable development all come within the category of the people, while the social forces and groups which resist 
sustainable development agendas and are hostile to or sabotage the sustainable development goals are all enemies of the people. Is that what they mean? We have to ask. Unfortunately, we have to ask because this is going to be implemented with a is focused in particular on the needs of the poorest and most vulnerable and with the participation of all countries, all stakeholders, and all people. So the people who willingly participate are people and everybody else's enemies. Is that a thing? I, feels like that's a thing eight years into this little project. And we see history repeating itself at great risk to billions of people and everybody actually around the world. They go on to finish the preamble with the interlinkages and integrated nature of the sustainable development goals are of crucial importance in ensuring the purpose of the new agenda is realized. Sorry, ensuring that the purpose of the new agenda is realized. Let me read that sentence again because intersectionality has entered the chat. The interlinkages and integrated nature of the sustainable development goals are of crucial importance in ensuring that the purpose of the new agenda is realized. If we realize our ambitions across the full extent of the agenda, sorry, I added another word. If we realize our ambitions across the full extent of the agenda, the lives of all will be profoundly improved and our world will be transformed for the better. So that's how they begin this thing. They now do a 59-paragraph declaration, which I won't cover, and then they cover the uh, 169 goals, which I will cover in future episodes. Um, it does not end there. There's then a means of implementation and global partnership. Um, and some other sections to this thing that go on, follow up and review. They're gonna make sure that they stare at all this stuff. So that we end up with a grand total of um, 91 paragraphs, the last of which is we reaffirm our unwavering commitment to achieving this agenda and utilizing it to the full to transform our world for the better by 2030. So we've got a few minutes to wrap this up since I don't wanna go through the 17 sustainable development goals right now. Um, how are they gonna implement this? Paragraph 60, means of implementation in the global partnership. We reaffirm our strong commitment to the full implementation of this new agenda. We recognize that we will not be able to achieve our ambitious goals and targets without a revitalized and enhanced global partnership and comparably ambitious means of implementation. The revitalized global partnership will facilitate an intensive global Engagement in support of implementation of all the goals and targets, bringing together government, civil society, the private sector, the United Nations system, and other actors in mobilizing all available resources. So through global governance that we didn't vote for, that's how. Paragraph 61, the agenda's goals and targets deal with the means required to realize our collective ambitions, which you didn't vote for, you didn't sign up for them, their collective ambitions for all of the collective they've decided to speak for because they're the Gnostic elect, the stakeholders, the Soviet of our new 21st century world. The means of implementation targets under each sustainable development goal and goal 17, which are referred to above, are key to realizing our agenda and are of equal importance with the other goals and targets. We shall accord them equal priority in our implementation efforts and in the global indicator framework for monitoring our progress. 62. This agenda, including the sustainable development goals, can be met within the framework of a revitalized global partnership for sustainable development. 
supported by the concrete policies and actions outlined in the Addis Ababa Action Agenda, which is, I don't know if I said that right, Addis Ababa, sorry, um, the Addis Ababa Action Agenda, which is an integral part of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The Addis Ababa Action Agenda supports, complements, and helps to contextualize the 2030s Agenda's means of implementation targets. It relates to domestic public resources, domestic and international private businesses and finance, international development cooperation, international trade as an engine for development, debt and debt sustainability, addressing systemic issues in science, technology, and innovation and capacity building and data monitoring and follow-up. That's a lot of realms that they want to have control over. 63. Cohesive, nationally owned, sustainable development strategies supported by integrated national financing frameworks will be at the heart of our efforts. Well, there's your ESG program right there, isn't it? We iterate that, sorry, we reiterate that each country has primary responsibility for its own economic and social development and that the role of national policies and development strategies cannot be overemphasized. We will respect each country's policy space and leadership to implement policies for poverty eradication and sustainable development while remaining consistent with relevant international rules and commitments. In other words, they're going to hide a lot in other places like the ESG movement to leverage people into uh, achieving the sustainable development goals for them. At the same time, national development efforts need to be supported by an enabling international economic environment to see, there's your ESG, economy that they've created to do this, including coherent and mutually supporting world trade, monetary and financial systems, and strengthened and enhanced global economic governance. Hello, central bank digital currencies, international monetary fund scams, processes to develop and facilitate the availability of appropriate knowledge and technologies globally, as well as capacity building are also critical. We commit to pursuing policy coherence and enabling an environments for sustainable development at all levels and by all actors into reinvigorating the global partnership for sustainable development. So they're going to make sure all the countries, all 193 member states are in line walking in lockstep, as it were. 64. We support the implementation of relevant strategies and programs of action, including the Istanbul Declaration and Program of Action, the SIDS Accelerated Modalities of Action, Samoa Pathway, and the Vienna Program of Action for Landlocked Developing Countries for the decade 2014 through 2024, and reaffirm the importance of supporting the African Union's Agenda 2063, and the program of the new Partnership for Africa's development, all of which are integral to the new agenda. We recognize the major challenge to the achievement of durable peace and sustainable developments in countries in conflict and post-conflict situations. 65. We recognize that middle-income countries still face significant challenges to achieve sustainable development. In order to ensure that achievements made to date are sustained, efforts to address ongoing challenges should be strengthened through the exchange of experiences improved coordination, and better and focused support of the United Nations development system, the international financial institutions, regional organizations, and other stakeholders. 66. We underscore that for all countries, public policies, and the mobilization and effective use of domestic resources, underscored by the principle of national ownership, are central to our common pursuit of sustainable development. Isn't that something? Including achieving the sustainable development goals, we recognize that domestic resources are first and foremost generated by economic growth, supported by an enabling environment at all levels. 67. 
Private business activity, investment, and innovation are major drivers of productivity, inclusive economic growth, and job creation. Mm, so the private sector has to push the, the inclusion program. We acknowledge the diversity of the private sector, ranging from micro-enterprises to cooperatives to multinationals. We call upon all businesses to apply their creativity and innovation to solving sustainable development challenges. That's your new business environment, ladies and gentlemen. ESG will make it so. We will foster a dynamic and well-functioning business sector while protecting labor rights and environmental health standards in accordance with relevant international standards and agreements and other ongoing initiatives in this regard, such as the guiding principles on business and human rights and the labor standards of the International Labor Union, the Conventions on the Rights of the Child, which, by the way, was written by a now-convicted pedophile, which is creepy as hell, and key multilateral environmental agreements for parties to those agreements. 66. International trade is an engine for inclusive economic growth and poverty reduction and contributes to the promotion of sustainable development. We will continue to promote a universal rules-based, open, transparent, predictable, inclusive, non-discriminatory, and equitable multilateral trading system under the World Trade Organization, as well as meaningful trade liberalization. This is a giant wealth redistribution scam for the planet from the rich West everywhere else. We call upon all members of the World Trade Organization to redouble their efforts to promptly conclude the negotiations on the Doha development agenda. We attach great importance to providing trade-related capacity building for developing countries, including African countries, least developed countries, landlocked developing countries, small island developing states, and middle-income countries, including for the promotion of regional economic integration and interconnectivity. I have to not lie to you, a lot of these are not that interesting, but it's, I guess, should be covered. 69. Nice. We recognize the need to assist developing countries in attaining long-term debt sustainability through coordinated policies aimed at fostering debt financing, debt relief, debt restructuring, and sound debt management as appropriate. Yeah, these banks are doing great things for these developing countries. This is IMF slavery is what this is. The International Monetary Fund is screwing these countries to keep control over them. Many countries remain vulnerable to debt crises, and some are in the midst of crises, including a number of least developed countries, small island developing states, and some developed countries. We reiterate that debtors and creditors must work together to prevent and resolve unsustainable debt situations. Maintaining sustainable debt levels is the responsibility of the borrowing countries. However, we acknowledge that lenders also have a responsibility to lend in a way that does not undermine a country's debt sustainability. Well, I'm going to read that as an iron law of woke projection straight at the International Monetary Fund. We will support the maintenance of debt sustainability of those countries that have received debt relief and achieved sustainable debt levels. 70. We hereby launch a technology facilitation mechanism which was established by the Addis Ababa Action Agenda in order to support the Sustainable Development Goals. The technology facilitation mechanism will be based on a multi-stakeholder collaboration between member states, civil society, and the private sector, scientific community, United Nations entities, and other stakeholders, and will be composed of a United Nations interagency task team on science, technology, and innovation for the Sustainable Development Goals, a, uh, sorry, a collaborative multi-stakeholder forum on science, technology, and innovation for the Sustainable Development Goals, and an online platform. What that means is the experts are going to determine how technology facilitation all works. And as bullet points, the United Nations Interagency Task Team on Science, Technology, and Innovation for the Sustainable Development Goals 
will promote coordination, coherence, and cooperation within the United Nations system on science, technology, and innovation-related matters, enhancing synergy and efficiency, in particular to enhance capacity-building initiatives. The task team will draw on existing resources and will work with 10 representatives from civil society, the private sector, and the scientific community. There's your stakeholders. There's 10 of them. 10, 10, 10. wonder who they are. Probably not Joe Blow to prepare the meetings of multi of the multi-stakeholder forum on science technology and innovation for the sustainable development goals as well as in the development and operationalization of the online platform including preparing proposals for the modalities of the forum and the online platform the 10 representatives will be appointed by the secretary general for periods of 2 years guess what that means nobody voted for them that's what it means the task team will will be uh, open to the participation of all United Nations agencies, funds, and programs, and the functional com uh, commissions of the Economic and Social Council, and it will initially be composed of the entities that currently integrate uh, the informal working group on technology facilitation, namely the Department of Economic and Social Affairs of the Secretariat, the United Nations Environment Program, the United Nations Industrial Development Organization, the United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization, that's UNESCO, which is ruining education around the world, uh, the, the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, the International Telecommunication Union, the World Intellectual Property Organization, and the World Bank, just to really get there. The online platform will be used to establish a comprehensive mapping of and serve as a gateway for information on existing science, technology, and innova uh, innovation initiatives, mechanisms, and programs within and beyond the United Nations. We really got to get rid of the United Nations. This is killing me. The online platform will facilitate access to information, knowledge, and experience, as well as best practices and lessons learned on science, technology, and innovation facilitation. This is killing me boring. Uh, I'm just going to skip this. This is crap. Um, the multi-stakeholder forum on science, technology, and innovation for the sustainable development goals will be convened once a year for a period of two days to discuss science, technology, and innovation cooperation around thematic areas for the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals, congregating all relevant stakeholders to actively contribute in their area of expertise. Remember, there's 10 of them. Um, and on and on this goes. 71. I'm skipping the rest of this. It's painful. We reiterate that this agenda and the sustainable development goals and targets, including the means of implementation, are universal, indivisible and interlinked and uh the the rest of the document which i'm also going to skip at the moment is about follow-up how they're going to make sure we implement this i didn't find anything that stood out in that that i thought wow everybody needs to hear this so let me just read through the 17 sustainable development goals to ruin our world one last time and then we will call this episode to a close we will go through the declaration in the next episode and then we will go with the 59 paragraph declaration you got heard how much fun that is. And we'll start tearing apart all 17 goals. I'm going to do the whole series till we do the whole thing. Um, go through all uh, 17, and we'll do them according to this organizational structure that they've given us. And I'll try to get enough information to work in SDG 18 or SDG plus one as well. So once again, and I'm not going to editorialize too much, the Sustainable Development Goals to Ruin Our World by the Year 2030 Goal one, end poverty in all its forms everywhere, which is not possible. So it's a justification for massive redistribution and power grabbing. Goal two, end hunger, achieve food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture, which is not only inherently contradictory, but not possible 
and thus a justification for seizing control of the means of food production and redistribution or distribution uh, and tyranny and starvation. Goal three, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. I don't trust them to ensure a healthy life. I don't think they know what it means. Well-being is too ambiguous. It's too subjective. The for all indicates redistribution. Not good. Goal four, ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. That's brainwashing. Goal five, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Just remember, trans women are women. We need to take that one seriously. Goal six, ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. In other words, they're going to try to control the water, environmental justice, and so on. Goal seven, ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. In other words, we have he who controls the food controls the people. We have he who controls the energy controls the region. We're quoting Kissinger here. There's two of them. The other one's the money. He who controls the money controls the world. That's what Kissinger said. So we've got at least the food wrapped up in SDG 2, and we've got the energy wrapped up in SDG 7. This is means for absolute totalitarian control. We also see that it's self-contradictory. There's no such thing as reliable, sustainable modern energy for all, which is a redistribution scam. Goal 8, promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. Contradictory. Goal nine, build resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization and foster innovation. In other words, seize the means of production, comrade. Goal 10, reduce inequality within and among countries. That is global communism. Goal 11, make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. In other words, seize the means of control of production of where people live. Goal 12, ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. Again, seize the means of production, transition from an economy of production and consumption to one of caring and sharing. Goal 13, star, power, Mithra's number, move the world with that uh, funny propeller-shaped thing that the Big Dipper represents the one that that Adolf liked, Um, take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. So that's hand all power to the United Nations, if you remember what the asterisk said, because it says acknowledging that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change is the primary international intergovernmental forum for negotiating the global response to climate change. So in other words, hand over your national sovereignty to the United Nations on the justification of fighting climate change, fixing the weather. Goal 14, conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. In other words, seize control of the means of using our uh, ocean, seas, and marine resources so that they can further the agenda of the United Nations. In other words, appropriate them to the regime. Goal 15, similar but for land. Protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems, sustainably manage forests, combat desertification, and halt and reverse land degradation and halt biodiversity loss. So that means destroy farmers, more or less, uh, in addition to the other ones that touch on that. 
Goal 16, promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. In other words, build out the common turn and the dictatorship of the sustainable and inclusive people. Goal 17, strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development, which I reiterate, it is this network of partnerships among all of the members uh, for the goals. So this is the 17 sustainable development goals of United Nations Agenda 2030. Sustainability is the tyranny of the 21st century. That is, so that is, this is the structure of our tyranny. We heard the unambiguous parallels to the program that Mao was putting in place in China in the lead up to the Great Leap Forward, which crushed China, starved tens of millions of people or led to their murders, and utterly ruined the entire place. And they called it the Great Leap Forward, just like we're calling this initiative to get this on track, the Great Reset. And so this is a very, very concerning development. The goal is to replace shareholder capitalism with stakeholder capitalism, which is a council-driven, a governing council-driven or Soviet-driven, uh, that's what that word means, governing council, um, technocracy of redistributing and controlling the means of production and resource distribution, just like what you would expect and, uh, from, a, from a tyrannical technocratic regime like communists. And so... Uh, what we're what we're facing is not just a new global a bid for a new global Soviet, but one that uh, has this agenda of sustainability and inclusion that gives it power like we've never really seen before. With tools equipping them, they're equipped with tools, I should say, uh, like uh, social credit systems that will be able to bend people to their will in a way that nothing in history has ever been able to do, as we can already see in China. And so um, this stakeholder capitalism with the new economic system of what they, it says, you know, sustainable uh, development or whatever, what they call this a circular economy, a snake eating its own tail, people eating their own shit, whatever you want to say that it is. Um, that's the objective. This, of course, will just degrade the law of entropy will apply to it. And it will be suffering and poverty and destruction and death for all, except for the technocratic elite who sit themselves on top of this thing for as long as social credit systems can keep human beings crushed under their boot. If you want a vision of the future, imagine a human, or sorry, imagine a boot stamping down on a human face forever. 1984, George Orwell warned us, that's what this looks like. So the big target in the world, we talk about targets. What do we go after? What do we try to do? There are a lot of things we have to go after. We've got to take on the American Library Association. We've got to take on the teachers unions. We've got to take on a lot of these things. We've got to take on a lot of things, the Bar Association, the Medical Association. We've got to deal with these. Those are small things. The big picture targets, we have social emotional learning and education that's meant to turn into a brainwashing program to facilitate this. And we know that's their goal. They've written about it. I've exposed it myself. Other people have exposed it too. So we have to take on social emotional learning in the schools because if they get the kids, it doesn't matter if we stop them and everything else, they have the next generation, so they have the future. If they don't get the kids, it doesn't really matter what they do to us because the kids aren't going to go along with it and it's going to break them. So we must protect our kids from this, which means keeping them out of their horrific system. We must stop social emotional learning. That's a target. 
Another big target is what all of this is being facilitated through corporations and through municipalities and through institutions and through hospitals and through uh, nonprofits and through startups is the ESG economy. So what you do is you get the young people worked up to become an employee base that will cause every problem in the universe for their CEOs, for their, their management. Their management's afraid of them. They get struggled at work because they have a bunch of communists working for them. That's a problem. So they have a bottom-up pressure, and then they have a top-down pressure telling them they have to do this. Meanwhile, they're rewriting the social contract to be in accordance with achieve these 17 tyrannical development goals. And so this is the vision of the program for our future. We are eight years out from its statement, eight years into its implementation of its 17 goals and 169 targets. I don't think it's going nearly as well as they had hoped. They're very ambitious. In fact, they're ridiculous, but it's not going as well as they hope. People are waking up. It's time to wake up to this. It's time to wake up to Agenda 2030 and to realize that it is the bid for global tyranny. The, I said that yeah, SEL, social emotional learning, and ESG, environmental social governance scoring, are the two of the big targets. The crown jewel target is a sustainable development agenda the sustainable development goals themselves. Undermining these is absolutely critical. Resisting the implementation of these targets and goals and mechanisms is absolutely critical that we do. We must break this agenda because this agenda will break humanity if we don't. And that's quite the introduction. We'll try to do a series and start tearing these apart brick by brick uh, in coming podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>